Perfect. Yeah, it's no good. Okay, that's going now. What the fuck's going on down there? Hi, Seth. Hi, Vangelis. We're recording WTFTFW episode 393, and I already told... Sorry. I went to look at our uh, topic list, and uh, on this computer, I'd already put in my new password uh, for TFW, but it forgot it. So I was greeted with something I wasn't expecting. Oh, you hit that 30-day marker. Yeah, uh, and I already put in the new one on this computer. I don't know why it didn't keep the cookie. It's Well, you have to click remember me next to your name. I always do. Okay, well. The, the cookie just didn't take. The The monster was not hungry at the time of... Maybe it wasn't a raisin cookie. Ew. Was your computer like, nah, you're not going to get me with a cookie trap. Or my, it, it's not so much the raisins. It's when it's raisins, but they look like chocolate chips. Uh-huh. And then you think they're chocolate chips till you bite on them, and then they're gooey and kind of gummy, and then you're like, "Oh no, that's the worst." Well, who? Okay, who? Who are you rooting for on the big game this Sunday? Uh, that's a great question. Is my answer? So it's the Super Bowl. That's what the big game means. Yes. Yes. Um. So it's the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Denver Broncos. Panthers. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, it should be the Jacksonville Carolina Jaguars Panthers. because A, Jaguars are cooler, and B, they're alliterating their name. Okay. So the Super Bowl is being held at the 49ers Stadium, which used to be in San Francisco and now it's in Santa Clara, but they're still called the San Francisco 49ers. And huh. the big Super Bowl City contraption is in San Francisco. Oh, I heard about this. Screwing up everybody's commute. I saw a tweet from someone saying they had to get security checked through Super Bowl City even though they were just going home. Oh, if you take the ferry into the city from, like, Marin or Vallejo... Yeah. uh, ...which a lot of commuters do, you have to go through security coming off the ferry. That's ridiculous. Because the ferry drops you off right outside of Super Bowl City. But I was driving my girlfriend crazy this morning because there was a news report about Super Bowl City... And they every time they would say Super Bowl City in the news report, which was at least 20 times, I would then echo by going, Super Bowl City. <laughs> and uh, she got real tired of that. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, well, I hope that, uh, you know, everything goes okay uh, over there. I hope you guys don't have people getting mad that their team lost and flipping cars over. Well, our None of the local teams are in it. I know, but you so. get all these out-of-towners who show up and go like, well, I don't live here, so I guess I can go burn some cars if I'm mad. Well, we're already doing that <clears throat> ourselves. Like, they put all these giant, like, 50 statues around the city, and apparently they're all getting, like, knocked over and vandalized, <laughs> so... 50 what? Uh, well, best of luck with... Whatever it is you might need luck for. Yeah. I always feel for people who live in a town hosting a huge event. Well, that's the thing. The huge event is in a different town. Um. So Super Bowl City <laughs> should be in Santa Clara, like a strip mall or something next to Baskin Robbins. <laughs> I, I was in a parallel town to an Olympic city, so I've also seen the result of that, which mm-hmm. is... Almost worse because things happen and it's like you're saying it's like why is this why is this even my problem? 
This is the <laughs> other city's problem, yet it's become my problem. Uh, you know it's not a problem? Right now, at least. Transformers. Yeah, they're still happening. They're still coming out. Big news today that apparently Hasbro and Mattel are talking about a merger again. Uh, ah, crap. But you didn't put that. You didn't put that in the uh, in, in the topic list. I, I didn't really have much to say about it because it's like. Well, I was going to make that my pick pick, and now you ruined everything. Oh well, no! Here, I threw in a preview for your pick pick. I was just I was just throwing around uh, the scary news for a second to put the shadow in the sky before it falls. But I was going to say the good news is Masterpiece Optimus Primal. We have even more pictures, and they are confirming a feature that. Like, just the other week I was saying, man, it would be cool if he did this. It turns out he does. His robot mode also has a bunch of alternate faces, and one of them has the closed faceplate. Uh, so the toy's basically doing everything I want. Uh, I'm, I'm quite pleased. Seth, we haven't talked since all these new pictures of Masterpiece Optimus Primal showed up, so I was wondering what you think of this gray prototype. Well, in one of the groups of pictures, when they show the ape mode on all fours, um... The face is just looking straight down. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> that'd be awful if he can't tilt his ape head up. Because then putting him in all fours isn't going to look cool. And then standing him on his feet, then he's almost a robot man. Yeah. And But then in this other group, like these magazine photos, I wouldn't call them scans because you could see the fold of the page. Um, the head is tilted up. So that's good. Yeah. Um. I mean, as far as a masterpiece figure goes, it looks like they're doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Where, like with some of the cars, we've been getting kind of lukewarmy on. It seems. Um, I don't have Ironhide yet. He's on the way. Um, but you know, Mirage. I was kind of or not Mirage. Um, um, tracks. Mm-hmm. L- little lukewarm on tracks. Um, but Optimus Primal's looking like he could be. Like, more toward that better end. Yeah, like... A, I'm just not that excited about Optimus Primal, personally. I mean, yeah, he's he's uh, probably the most niche thing Masterpiece will have done. Uh, and, and he is a numbered MP31 Masterpiece release, which makes me incredibly happy to see. Because uh, there, there has actually already been at least one reaction of, well, I don't care about Beast, but I guess I have to buy him because he's numbered. Uh, which is, is wonderful marketing. But... Uh, <laughs> The the only the only real issue I I have with him uh is I think it's a super bummer his elbows work just like on the old ultra toy where the hinge when you bend the elbows there's just a oh, missing yeah. chunk. I can see why it's happening because his forearms are full of stuff. Uh so there's nowhere to fit a telescoping joint in there, but man, I wish there was like a telescoping elbow cover in there. Uh, cuz that would have been just like the perfect touch. I mean, it's an, it means I have an easy bullet point if I need to say anything that's wrong with the figure is his elbows look funny. But there's so much else about him that I like that I feel like so far the pros seem to be outweighing the cons. Yeah, I mean, I'm likely to pass on it, um, but it's not because I think anything's inherently wrong with what we're seeing so far. Yeah. It's just, it's not a figure that I'm that personally excited about, and I need to not buy things I'm not really excited about. Yeah, it's not like you have this masterpiece Beast Wars-shaped hole in your life. Right. I mean, there was a time a couple years ago I probably would have got it just because it was a masterpiece figure. Yeah. 
but I need to stop thinking that way so much because of cost of living increases. Yay! I'm just I'm just really happy that the swappable face thing is on both modes because like the gorilla faces I kind of have been poking fun at because they're you know this the smiling one looks really silly, but the robot faces are excellent. Like the the one where he's kind of winking and then smiling, and the one where he's kind of narrowing his eyes the way that like everyone in an old mainframe cartoon narrows their eyes when they're mad. Like where they it's not just the eyes narrowing, but they kind of get longer and then their mouth kind of tips down and stretches as well. Uh, Bob would do yeah, it all the time. The the robot faces, the lips are kind of giving me the creeps. They're so perfect. They're they're just like the the weird morphy mainframe lips. I know, and that's what's weirding me out. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks kind of <laughs> creepy and weird. I'm just, I'm so pleased that they captured perfectly. It's a, it's the one on the top right in that shot with the four different faces. Yeah. The one on the top right is uh, is like a perfect mainframe specific expression that like like that I mean it's very specific, but that's precisely what I wanted to see out of this. The moment they said we're going to make the beast modes look like the weird CG models from the show, I was like, "All right, you better give me some of the weird <laughs> faces too." Uh, so I don't think we have a price on this guy yet still, but we have a number now, uh, which means he's probably coming out in the first half of the year. Um, because I think that's the number right after Shockwave, unless I'm forgetting which number Shockwave is. I'm going to go look, but, uh, but oh, no, it's, it's, while you're looking, Shockwave like, is 29. I'm, okay. I'm guessing he's going to be a little more on the pricier side if he has light up eyes and stuff and mm. a whole bunch of faces. Um, the light up eyes that, are that could run the price up. The light up eyes are kind of making me scowl a little bit because I'm like, so you gave him light up eyes, but you did light piping shockwave. What the, god damn it! Yeah, that's make that's making me that's making me do that top right face a little bit. I want a shockwave with light up eyes that is also sound reactive. So when you're talking and you're attempt to do a shockwave voice, then the the eye is gonna blink. That would be cool as you're talking. That's probably actually a simple electronic setup to to build if you're a, a techie head type person. Yeah, because I want to wave my shockwave back and forth and go like, Oh, Megatron, oh, you are alive after all. Uh, hooray! <laughs> and then have the light blink appropriately. When did Corey Burton show up at your place to record a podcast with us? I, I, I can't get him off the couch. He's been here for weeks. Man! It's really bumming me out. That, that setup is really common with Bandai roleplay toys, where there's a light that turns on, and the light runs through the same power circuit as the speaker, so the light flickers in time with the level of sound coming out of the speaker. It's, it's pretty common. Uh, well, then you just swap the speaker for a microphone yeah. and reverse the polarity, and it should work. Yeah, so someone build that, and you know, get on it, by the way, because Shockwave is out in like a month or two. Um, so I, I'm gonna gonna keep. I think this will. I assume until it, he's painted, this will probably be it for our masterpiece primal news for a good couple weeks. But now we have like the full like like we've got a half transformation photo. We got a whole lot to digest for him. So that's really neat. So does Takara Tomi show at Nuremberg Toy Fair, or is that just gonna be Hasbro? That's just Hasbro. Same for okay. New York Toy Fair. So yeah, we we this unless. This guy's coming out stateside in time with his Japanese release. We're probably not going to see anything. Okay. Um, but 
That does take us into... Well, no, that's the topic after this. So this takes us well, into... Oh. Th- this seems like a really good candidate for getting a U.S. release. Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> there's no licensing of alt modes to worry about. Uh, yeah. Beast Wars has, like, a, a real strong American presence. Yeah, this... I'll be surprised... The only reason why this wouldn't come out stateside would be cost. That would be it, I think. Like, if he's cost prohibitive to market over here. But then just put him in a platinum box and you can charge whatever you want. Then just put him in a Toys R Us and they'll add $20 to the price. Friggin... They... I can't believe that that platinum set with two Junkions and, and like, Classics Rodimus is 110 of my dollars. Oh, I can. Because those platinum sets are stupid. Like, I, yeah, I can believe it, but I The pricing still is can't stupid, I should it. say. It's just that they cleared 100 is blowing my mind. I thought it was going to be, like, 80 or 90. Yeah, I wish I could be surprised, but I'm not. Like, not even a little bit. I'm so bummed, because... Like, one of these, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, one of these Nuremberg bullet points we're going to talk about is another platinum set, which is, like, two two sweeps and a Cyclonus, which is a box I would love to buy. Well, imagine it's probably going to be the same 110 price. 110 bucks, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, any Anything else about Masterpiece Primal you want to touch on before we... Uh... No. Well, then let, let's head into New Pick Picks, and uh, Seth, you just... New Pick Picks, hey! Go for it. Hasbro and Mattel are talking about merging. I think that's a bad idea. I don't want to see that happen. I uh, I I think if it happens, it would be a shakeup. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad or sad, uh, but I think it would change some status quo. But I think if it happened, Hasbro would be the the power of the two names. They would probably be the one calling the shots of that merger. So I don't think that necessarily like you know our niches would suffer a ton, but. I'm not worried about our niches suffering. I'm worried about a major competitor not existing anymore. That, that's where my butt was going. Well, both my butt and my butt. Uh, yeah, it it would suck if Hasbro, Mattel, Lego, and Bandai of America went from being four to being three. Because, especially in the case of Hasbro, Hasbro already owns free, like like the other competitors like Lego and Bandai of America both have like one maybe two things to their name that's really big. Hasbro has frigging everything and Hollywood power, uh. So that's why I'm thinking like you know this talk would be Hasbro going like yo Mattel you want to just can we buy you? Um, I don't think this means they're gonna do it at all. Yeah, and if it does happen, hopefully some of those licensed properties that Mattel has like the DC stuff. Like, Warner Brothers is going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yoink. We're taking this back, and we're going to pass this off to somebody else. And then that somebody else can start, like, building up into, like, a new a big-time player. Yeah. I, I But, like, Mattel is... The impression I've always gotten, even when I was a kid in the 80s, yeah. is Mattel is Barbie and then some other stuff. On Hot Wheels. It's Barbie and Hot Wheels. Yeah. Yeah. And But as far as, like, action figures want, like, I noticed as a kid, like, when I would see toy commercials, if the Mattel logo was involved, it was probably a Barbie commercial. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's a huge get. I mean, if for Hasbro... Well, I mean, um, it is, but it's not as huge a get as it would have been, like, five or six years ago. Because Barbie's been suffering at the hands of stuff like Monster High, from what I understand. Oh, but they just launched those, like, different shape and size Barbies. They have? 
and that's cool yeah. to see but that that's in reaction to years of dipping as far again as far as i uh-huh. have heard um and that's also why i'm, I'm kind of questioning whether this this merger would actually happen when one of Mattel's like leading tent poles is making this huge motion to, you know, advance with the times, like to cut that off at the knees with a merger would be kind of weird. Like they were just on what, what that got announced through what was it through like a Time magazine video or something? I can't remember where I saw the video now. Like the what the Barbie thing? Yeah. I don't know. It was. It might not. Have I been saw time. it on the news because apparently that's news. Well, they <laughs> like pre-ordering Taco Bell food was news. <laughs> that's oh, that made me mad when I saw that on the news. High end yesterday morning. <laughs> oh, I was. I was like, everything about this is making me mad. <laughs> like the fact that Taco Bell is taking pre-orders, that idiots are doing it, and the news is covering it. I'm ah. Anyway, Barbie. <laughs> yeah, Barbie. Barbie has so far nothing to do with Taco Bell unless they broker some kind of branding deal. But Barbie Transformers. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Uh like Hasbro uh I think Hasbro's Equestria Girl stuff also had a hand in like basically fantastical fashion dolls are part of what as I recall reading have been like sort of smacking the Barbie brand around for the last few years. Um, but yeah, I, I think like if they've spent like two two whatever years and are still spending possibly further years on their attempt to modernize Barbie in a more meaningful way, uh, I would be surprised if during that they're also going to be like, you know what, our major competitor should also merge with us because they're partly responsible for our downfall. So yes, let's merge. I also don't understand entirely how big business works, so I'm probably missing tons of details. But what I always remember hearing was that the Kenner people who kept their jobs when they were absorbed by Hasbro always held a little bit of a a beef mm. from inside. So I don't know. I just I'd rather not see it happen. I'd rather see both companies being successful. Yeah. And absolutely. And and the And then my hope would be that if it does happen then somebody else could pick up the scraps and make something of it. And maybe, you know, maybe we get good DC toys. I mean, Marvel and DC both ex- coexist with Lego, but I think that's a very specialized and that's a very special deal. I mean, that's Lego. Like Marvel tried to do a thing with mega blocks and those are terrible. Yeah. Although so. like I was talking like one of the things out of this merger that would be super cool is if GI Joe and like modern call of duty mega blocks could meet up because gi joe could certainly use it um gi joe and modern barbie they any gi joe that was always the joke from the baby boomers that the gi joes would like go get with sisters barbie dolls and they could finally be united gi under one GI Joe hooking up with anybody right now would be a big get for gi joe yeah that's how gi joe comes back it's part of Barbie. They're uh, they're about to launch it with IDW, a GI Joe versus Street Fighter comic book. Uh, I'm kind of interested because it's done by IDW, not Udon. So I want to, I, I kind of want to know. IDW crossover books have generally been pretty fun. Well, I remember the GI Joe Street Fighter figures. Yeah, or the Street Fighter GI Joe figures, whatever the order was. Um. So yeah, that's real weird. Well, that now it's they're being reunited in comic books. I, I checked out the storyline, and it's not even anything. We, it, it's literally just 
M. Bison and Destro have made friends and are holding a fighting tournament <laughs> on an island. So G.I. Joe and the Street Fighters are both showing up because they hate Shadowloo and Destro. And is Cobra Commander, like, wondering why he wasn't invited? Or is Cobra Commander, like, dead in the comics right now or something? I have no idea. I'm curious about the Cobra Commander <laughs> a- aspect. The, and the only preview panel... He's just sitting at home looking at his phone being like, I didn't want to hang out with you assholes anyway. <laughs> the, the only preview panel I saw is, like, Destro and M. Bison on, like, big-ass chairs watching Rufus from Street Fighter Four fighting the Baroness, who looks really mad about it. And I'm like, oh, I would be really mad about it too. I'm, Rufus is like a <laughs> friggin' bottom basement level Street Fighter character. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, like, I thought she goes, I don't even get to fight Chun Li or Cammy, one of the A-listers. It's like I, I thought Destro and Baroness were pals, and I'm like, Destro, what is it? What are you doing to your friend here? <laughs> you, they got a weird relationship. You go fight, go fight Rufus. It'll be great. <laughs> My friend Major Bison would love for you to do that. <laughs> uh. So yeah, don't if you're out there and, and you're worried the sky is going to fall because these big companies are talking about a merger, then don't worry about it. Because number one, they probably won't merge. Number two, you know what? If the sky falls, whatever it is you love will probably still survive in some form. That's been proven to me now over the years. Stuff will change. Yeah, just be complacent. Yeah, be complacent. Roll over even. And, you know, cover just your head. accept it. Your corporate overlords choose everything anyway. Man, you want to follow the money. Seth, before I do my new picture pick, I meant, I meant to ask you, what's it been like for Flat Earth to actually be in the headlines? Was it? Oh. I haven't been... I, I've, I hit a wall with YouTube conspiracy. <laughs> and then I got really into this really sinister mobile game. <laughs> so... When I would be watching videos at work, now I'm playing this kind of sinister mobile game. Well, a, a notable rapper who I don't actually know. Oh, Bob. Yeah, he uh, B-O-B. Yeah, I heard started about started a flat Earth beef and has been having rap offs with Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, over the flat Earth. And uh, <laughs> I, I, is is Neil actually rapping, or is he just being? Don't, or is he just saying, "Don't be stupid"? I haven't. I have not worked up the mustard to listen to either of their diss tracks because I don't think I want to um but I as far as I heard he might have I actually didn't go and look all I know is that they have released diss tracks at each other based on flat earth theory and then Bob's also went into some pretty weird dank stuff about um stuff other than the flat earth but I saw all this and I was like wow Seth was into this way before it was cool yeah, I was ahead of the curve. And well, now you see, I gotta, I gotta get out of it because it's becoming commercial. It's becoming all mainstream. It's on the news. Yeah, it's mainstream commercial. Yeah, like I gotta find the fugazi of conspiracy <laughs> and and latch onto that. I just like the the conspiracy that will never sell out. I went onto Twitter and I dropped my bit about how it's actually a convex Earth and or a concave Earth until the the people with money flip the switch and turn it convex and catapult the lower class into orbit. And then I was done. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of the guy that tweeted us the uh, the raptor-shaped Earth picture the other day. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I have no segue, but my new picture pick is is this. I'm sending you a link. Uh, that It's a convex Earth. Ah! It's a convex Earth. That link didn't have HTTP in the front. Why not? There we go. It's a flat B-O-B. It's a flat link. Uh, Wonderfest 2016 uh, is... 
I think either happening or coming up, but uh, that's when oh yeah, the fast. That's that's when people can sell their one day license resin kits. Uh, so uh, this fella um, has got a really cool metal hawk kit. It's uh, it's probably pretty fragile. It's probably made of resin. You know, full assembly required. Transforms, um, but it looks really cool. Uh, it's got a, a neat aesthetic, and it's also just harkening back to. The ever-present fun of the Wonderfest One Day Wonders. And uh, it's the kind of thing that, like, probably costs way more than I would ever want to pay. But it would be great to get the opportunity to mess with one of these things. Just to see what a fan-made thing like this is like. Uh, that's, like, just fully hand-cast stuff. Yeah. And, like, I remember when the, the resin slash garage kit was like this really hard to get really hard to deal with if you got it thing mm -hmm. that was like the the proto form of the what's now the third party companies yeah i mean and they're still really hard to deal with like they they generally don't come with the joints or screws you have to right. like, buy the joints separately from uh the modeling joint packs one can get but uh i think this metal hawk looks really neat and i'm also I'm still in the mood for a good modern Metal Hawk toy, um, and specifically of his inner robot. Like, I really want a good Metal Hawk. You gotta get in touch with my inner robot. That's right. I peeled the skin back and see what is inside. Um, but I wanted to highlight that in case anyone out there had missed it. Uh, there's... I'm Otherkin Robot. I get in touch with my robot. I mean, what about... The dark future when we have even more full body prosthesis. What if people actually can realize other kin robot? Well, I don't think you understand what being other kin is about. I, I probably don't, and we probably don't need to go into much more detail. <laughs> but I don't. I I don't want to go into more detail. It's terrible. Uh, other kins are weird, man. Well, you know what else is weird? Nuremberg. Nuremberg is a really weird place because some um, messed up stuff happened there in the past, and now it's, uh, it's a toy. Well, in the last what there. like two years, it's suddenly become a mecca for pre-New York toy news. Uh, there's no sighting of the bald man who stood in front of Devastator, as far as I can tell. Um, but we got some bits and pieces. There were no photos allowed, and nobody, uh, you know, paid enough of a bounty to get any photos this year. But we got some text descriptions of some things that were there. Uh, some of these text descriptions read things. read like really quickly trying to explain something and you kind of don't get much out of it. Like like for Titan Class Fortress Maximus, said to be very massive. And it's like, well, Whoa. yes, he probably is. That That's one of like literally one of the selling points. Um, the only major thing there is he does not appear to have the IDW inspired tread backpack that was seen in some of the artwork. Um uh, also, some toys were seen in package, uh, which is the thing I really wish, because I, I like Combiner Wars packaging, um, you know, as far as packaging goes, and apparently it's very similar to that. Um, uh, Power Master Optimus was there, said to look very nice. Uh, there's a Titan Master's ape face, so like, you know, the standalone like head with vehicles things, um, and he came with an ape-like vehicle, so it's kind of neat that it seems like all of those single-packed heads are just tapping the like later headmasters after the original seven uh the big new thing that, that popped up is that there's apparently a legends wheelie uh like fully new toy um uh, with a titan master compatible seat for his car mode 
Um, and you know, the aforementioned platinum set with the two sweeps that will probably cost a few bajillion dollars. Uh, that's, that's about it for all the new bullet points. But uh, Seth, there better be a Daniel Titan Master to shove in your wheelie. I will. You know what? They need to make a Titan Master RC or Headmaster RC. Then you can have the Headmaster be Daniel, and then we can close the chapter on that for good. Only if he has like a robot body and then a flesh painted boy head. Yep, the full head of hair. <laughs> yep. Um, Seth, anything in this info, like old or new, that's uh, that's hitting you, getting you, getting you feeling tantalized for the big news dump? I just I want to see the things. I want to see what this wheelie looks like. Yeah, wheelie's one of those like I hate you so much I need it characters. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as he looks like idiotic g1 wheelie i'm gonna be excited well he's said to be very g1-ish jerry g1 does he come with a slingshot i hope so well you know what he'll probably have a five millimeter compatible hand so if you got that jazz wheelie then uh, you can use his slingshot jazz i love that jazz wheelie it's like grown-up wheelie it's such a good toy um I'm really jazzed. I didn't actually mean to do that. I realized while I was saying it what I just did. But I'm legit jazzed at the idea that maybe we're going to see, like, all the G1 headmasters at least represented as, like, you know, these Titan Master standalone releases. Like, the argument is it sucks that they don't have their body. But my argument is, like, they if they this is better than them not happening at all. And if we have this bunch of heads and their bodies never come out, uh, it sure is a good thing we have this entire unofficial, vaguely gray legal marketplace that probably would make a whole bunch of bodies in response to a whole bunch of headless or a bunch of bodiless heads being on the market. That would be crazy if somebody in Hasbro was like, okay, we've run out of out of slots for this toy line. We're only making X number of figures and we were mandated to make certain characters so we we had to make these guys, but we wanted to make these guys, but we had some more spots in the head section. So let's throw some heads out and let the third party do their magic. Like that would be messed up. I like, and who knows? Maybe that was part of the like thought it, process. It wasn't an official plan. It was like some yeah some uh, some people inside of Hasbro that were like, "Well, we're gonna get what we want anyway." Well, like the and we're gonna do it on the sly because we're tricky. I I got a viewpoint that's not mutually exclusive from that, but that also slides into a similar like the designers maybe getting some input in here. They probably were told like we need to sell some of these heads as like they're gonna be the Legends toys as a head in a transforming vehicle. And then I I got a feeling like it was like all right sure we can do that. And then they're just like we'll just make all of those the guys who are not getting deluxes and voyagers. That so that like because it, it seems to me like the plan is. All the headmasters will exist at least as heads. I think that's kind of freaking cool in its own, you know, weird little way. Because, um, you know, the heads being released on their own, there's a kid-friendly aspect to that, which is that, hey, you lost the head to your toy. Well, don't worry, you can buy a new one. Um, so I want to see pictures, too. Uh, I think that a lot of this is interesting, but uh, there's just not really that much to say about it without seeing it. So hopefully we will see a whole bunch uh, by the end of the month. I can't actually remember when New York Toy Fair is. Is that next weekend? I think that's next weekend. So I don't know. All I can think about is the big game this weekend. That's right. Super Bowl City. Yeah, it's Super Bowl City. I didn't want to do it. I know. I wasn't sure if you did. 
So I threw. Kind of, yeah, I wasn't feeling I threw, it. It seemed like it was a setup. I just threw in a second one when I was like, "All right, we'll either fill this space with Seth or me saying Super Bowl City." <laughs> um, I didn't take your bait. Yeah, I can't be baited. <laughs> I'm gonna bait you with a listener question. Oh, okay. Well, not really bait. I'm just gonna read one that hopefully you'll take part in answering. Uh, <laughs> oh, what if I boycotted <laughs> it? What if I was like, nope. Well, I, the, the listener this does not live up to my standards. The listener, listener would probably question. be really bummed out about that. Well, that or they're one of the wet blankets that don't like me and they don't care anyway. Yeah, they're probably already more bummed out that TJ and Aaron are participating. And I have wrestling stuff to talk to you about at the end of the show too. Oh, so like this is going to be arm bar, arm bar. Uh, that's not who sent in this listener question. AJ Styles. No, this came from Blade okay. Shadow. Oh, that that, that might be AJ Styles' like pseudonym on our boards. His non de plume. Uh, Blade Shadow says, "Greetings, evangelists and professional podcasting consultants. Long time listener, first time questioner. Hope I can provoke some interesting discussion." Well, it looks like another really fun line in which I will enjoy most, if not all, the figures. The reveal of Titans Return also had me slightly disappointed, as many of the characters I want toyified are not headmasters. However, the announcements of Galvatron, Blaster, Nova Prime, and now Soundwave—I didn't know, I think you mean Sentinel Prime—show uh, that some characters will be made headmasters, Titanmasters for the toy line. Hope Hopefully it doesn't affect the comics too much. Funny as it would be to see Galvatron becoming something he hates, but it allows more potential variety in the line. While the heads returning into uh, while the heads turning into basically tiny versions of larger characters is fun. Another idea came to me while rewatching the strangest of G1 episodes, Sea Change. In her robotic form, Sea Spray's mermaid girlfriend Alana bears a nearly identical color palette to more than meets the eyes Nautica, apart from being slightly more pink than purple. Add in the fact they're both water themed, and she, I think she'd make an excellent Titan Master partner for the Engineer. What other humans and aliens would you partner uh, well with char- characters you guys want to see realized in plastic? I look forward to your answers and apologize if I'm too long-winded. I wish you all the best, both in keeping great show running in general. Also, click if that's still cool. Dude, click is always cool. So, uh, in short, the question is, non-headmaster characters that you still want to see get toys, who would you, for fun and jokes, make their headmaster? Um, so, Seth, you got anyone uh, in mind? Well, we can make a terrible joke about Chip and his headmaster body either not having legs or they're so loose he can't stand. Oh, dear. We could do that. Um, oh, me, oh, my. If we wanted to. if we, But that's problematic, and we don't want to upset anybody. So and you we, also, we shouldn't do that. You also didn't say a single thing about it having working axled wheels. No. And that would be pretty cool. That would be silly. Yeah. Silly. Don't do that. No. I don't know, Chip Chase is like a head for Prowl. Um, he's still wearing his glasses. Yeah, yeah that'll work. Um, yeah, I mean, besides... I, mean, I don't know. It's weird. Because, like, in the Japanese stuff, there were humans that turned into heads and junk. Um, but, like, when you talk about, like, the more American-y like g1 characters or even like later like the armada kids <laughs> turning into heads i don't know it just seems weird to me it doesn't even have to be any of the kids like one like one-off characters like you know the humans dr arcaville turning into head that seems weird to me i don't know i'd love i'd love to see I'm that terrible for this question I'm, I'm garbage for this question i'm sorry it's all right the uh i'm thinking like as far as like weird alien characters, I'd love to see the Skuckzoid get a, an official toy where he's also turning into the head for somebody because the Skuckzoid is like the best G1 character. So I want to see more Skuckzoid content in Transformers oh, in general. 
What were the name of those like underwater dudes from the one G one episode? Yeah, like the merman, like fish guys. I don't remember that when they talked, there was like that swirly thing in front of their heads. Yeah, I forget what those guys were called. Yeah, I don't remember. The, I don't remember. I want to say it starts with an N. Either they the the race started with an N, or their leader was like Nurgle or something. I don't remember those guys. Yeah. They also turn into heads for Sea Spray. Sea Spray can just have a whole bunch of different heads. Yeah, because he's the boat one. <laughs> <laughs> the boat one. I want to see. I want to see the Skuxoid, and I'd like to see Primacron turn into a head for like a deluxe Unicron. That would be fun. And then the Target Master could be Tornatron, and we can bring everything together from that super dumb version of Unicron. Um, but this is uh, easily a question where I would love to see some listener input in the thread. So head in and take part and like drop yeah, some ideas. Have, have better answers than me. And also, if, it shouldn't be hard. If if you could also throw me some Skuckzoid Headmaster fan art, that would be great. I would like to see some concepts. Where was all my Skuckzoids at? The Skuckzoid was so damn good. Like this, like this little blob, thick lizard thing with a horrible voice, and like it was great. And this dumb little beanie cap. Like, you don't even have hair. What are you covering with your stupid little beanie cap? I don't know. Uh, we have another listener question from Renny Dragon. So we're going to do two this episode. Because we're rocking it like that. Uh, Renny Dragon says, Hello, Evangelist and crew. Aside from Transformers, what are some other transforming toy lines you like? I'd like to get into Brave line. I have the Masterpiece King X... Uh, Masterpiece King X Kaiser, and it's fantastic. I was wondering what else is out there, too. Um, let's just pretend money isn't an object for the sake of hypothetical discussion. Though, if anyone wants to hook me up with a cheap masterpiece, Dragon Kaiser, let's talk. Is this where I say click? That is where you say click. Um, as far just, you know, off your little tangent there, Renny Dragon. Um, if you're wondering about what other Brave is out there, like, there's no other masterpiece Brave out there, but there is Solo Chagok and Gao Gaigar, and, uh, any old Brave stuff, if you can find the Korean versions, those tend to go for a bit cheaper. And there's some really inventive stuff in there, like uh, Liner Dagwon is really cool. Uh, anything from Jay Decker uh, or Might Gain, uh, it's all pretty cool stuff. But uh, Seth, outside of Transformers, are you into any other transforming toys or toy lines? Not so much post-childhood. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I have some Macross stuff, not very much, and I haven't gotten anything new in years. Um yeah, like like modern day, just the, there seems to be a really wide gap a lot of times between what Hasbro slash Takara Tommy creates as far as transforming toys and what everybody else makes. Mm -hmm. Um, that I just don't really feel the need to get into anything else. Well, there's not. Yeah, there's not really. There's no one else that really does it regularly. Other like in the same style. Like as far as posable transforming robots. You've got Hasbro Takara Tomy, and then you have occasional input from Bandai of Japan and Bandai of America. Yeah. And then other than that, it's always just been like one-off things. Um, there are not there are some up-and-comers, like uh, Sentinel's uh, Transforming Getters were a little bit wonky, but I've heard some good stuff about their Dan Cougar. Um, and Sentinel have a good head on their shoulders in general, so I'm looking forward to seeing them do more transforming stuff. It sure would be neat if those machine robo figures that were shown like 
what two years ago now yeah. <laughs> ever happened well there have been updates over the course of those two years like more and more prototypes have been shown like for bigger robots so it's like they're working on stuff but all anyone knew was they said oh yeah february 2016 is probably when we'll try to release them and it's like all right well now there's less than a month for that to be true so we'll see if pre-orders go up this month because yeah i'm like chomping at the bit for that stuff um especially the rumor that the make toys guy worked on those like i'm like if he did i need to know and i need i need to handle those things that would be finger candy um i'm trying to think of if there's anything like weird that is worth handling uh that's transforming um well, if i'm forgetting like, anything once you invoke make toys like so there are third party companies that do excellent transforming toys mm-hmm. and you'd almost think that some company or another would reach out to some of these people and like give them legit jobs at some point to try to kind of get a jump start on on that sort of thing now of course a like a, a mainstream toy line is going to have the budget or be able to pass a lot of the safety requirements but you think somebody would reach out to one of those companies and go hey make us some cool robots well, i mean if it turn into junk if it's true about the make toys guy working on the machine robo stuff then that that's awesome and there are always rumors that people in industry are doing less colored work with some third-party groups although none of that's ever been confirmed and probably will never be confirmed um what, what i've heard at least years ago was that working on unofficial like gray legal stuff like a lot of third-party companies do almost like like your name being attached to that means the real quote-unquote toy industry doesn't want to touch you um because you're like tainted but i don't know if that's still the case and with the toy industry's influence i feel you know shrinking as time goes on i wonder if that will still be the case but i mean yeah third-party stuff i i I, i'm sort of assuming that that's kind of in the realm of of like transformers uh and like third-party stuff aside from that stuff what other toy lines are there it sucks masterpiece brave never continued past x kaiser uh that had such potential um i mean just there's there's some really cool bandai stuff out there that transforms and you mentioned macross uh I have heard that current Arcadia is incredible. Uh, that's the company that used to be Yamato. I still have never handled anything of note by Yamato or Arcadia. I've been meaning to for years. Um, but I, I caught off Twitter and from some reviews, like the current Arcadia stuff that's out there, and some of it's still, you know, purchasable. It's expensive. But like the Macross Zero, uh, the Zero A and the Zero S that are, I think HLJ has them still. I've been hearing that those are incredible and uh arcadia's yf19 is apparently incredible and is getting a reissue in april um so if you're into the, you know kawamori jets uh arcadia is a place to look if you can afford to drop two to three hundred bucks on one jet um yeah i have some toyma stuff from years gone by um like i have their one 100 scale valkyries <laughs> Mm-hmm. which yeah they're not that great yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and i have their um alpha and beta fighters from oh the toynami ones yeah 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 oh i confused toynami with toyma my bad i do that sometimes yeah. 
Oh, you know what? So okay, never mind. I don't have time. That that, that reminds me. Um, it's really worth checking out. There's not that many of them, but the transforming vehicles from Acid Rain um are a very different style, but still pretty satisfying. And uh-huh. uh, the King of Beast Voltron has been licensed as an actual Voltron toy that uh, I think Toynami is going to release sometime soon. Uh, and that thing is a really well done, like just modern diecast loaded take on Go Lion. Like it, that was a very impressive thing to handle as someone who's not like super into Voltron. Um, but uh, yeah, the Arcadia stuff. I really, I'm hoping this year maybe I can finally get an Arcadia jet and mess with it. Because like what I heard is the the big thing Arcadia did is Yamato toys. There was always the the joke. When you bought a Yamato toy and you it was like the first version of a new design rather than one of the endless recolors, you were basically yeah. paying to beta test. Uh, and then, you know, the the one for a character no one cares about would end up being the best one because it was like the fourth one they would make. Apparently, Arcadia has nipped that stuff in the bud. And like they are like I, I caught bits and pieces in some of the reviews I watched and read that like Arcadia is like Yamato with the extra two or three passes of QC and design work that people would often want to see uh, and that it's all just like way more solid and, and in some cases even less complicated in ways that make it more solid. So um, I don't know if that input helps at all. I wish I had more like hands-on stuff to talk about, but like a lot of it boils down to Transformers third party and then Bandai. And then it like, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not that interested in, in super Sentai or power Rangers stuff. And also that's Bandai. <laughs> uh I do think if you can get them for super cheap, some of the Marvel Mega Morphers that Toy Biz made are pretty interesting. Some of them. They are not well made, but they are pretty interesting. Like, they are transforming toys by a company that, as far as I know, I don't know if maybe someone worked on them who had experience, but, like, they were not made by someone who makes Transformers, but they were trying to make Transformers that were also Marvel toys. And like, like, well before Marvel crossovers ever happened. And I, I have the, the Captain America helicopter with legs because they couldn't figure out how to get his legs to fold away. So it's just a <laughs> helicopter with two legs. It's pretty neat. The The shield turns into the rotor blades. Helicopter now with legs. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I I, uh, I hope that, that helped you in some way, uh, Renny Dragon. Um, Seth, uh, do you want to take a little break before we talk about things we got and whatever? Or do you want to just barrel through? I can barrel if you're ready. I'm okay to barrel. Let's barrel. Let's barrel. Uh, Seth, we talked before the show, but uh, what we got this week? Uh, what do you have in transit? Uh, I, th- I mentioned earlier, I have the Masterpiece Ironhide coming, mm-hmm. but it has not made it. It's not here yet. Boo-hoo. Nah. I, I got mine. Um, so? so? I, it's It's... It's. I feel good about it. Uh, I, I'm not going to go on for too long because we're going to have like other podcasters getting theirs and, and thus having far more interesting conversations than me just like yelling about it. But the one thing I'll say is that the, the hand feel of that toy makes that toy. Uh, it feels incredible to transform. Like it feels tac- it, the tactility of it is so good. Uh, hand feels my word, by the way. Cook Sucks has you know gifted me the word tactility. Um, so I'm using both of them because they're, you know, we're we're changing the landscape here. But that is what makes that toy. I've it's I've not in a long time had a a complicated transformer that felt so good to transform. Um, and it makes up for a lot of his shortcomings. My big problem with his silver bumper being there 
having inspected the toy uh, and the way that it transforms to accomplish some pretty cool things, I don't see how that silver bumper could have been folded away without adding like another $20 of engineering to make that part of of the front of the van halfways turn inside out or flip around while still having the belly square like it. I have to accept that that's a thing that's there that I'm not super into, but the rest of the toy makes up for it well enough. And there are a lot of other masterpiece toys where there are little aesthetic things I'm not as into, but the engineering and the experience in the end outweighs it. And uh, that's the thing I didn't know Ironhide would be able to do, but like, holy crap, he did it. His his hand feel is incredible. Uh, well, I'm a little more excited now that you seem positive on it. I am like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying not to hyperbolize it because a lot of people are doing that right now. But uh, it's like, and especially like, you know, Kobayashi uh, on Masterpiece, one often looks to stuff like Grimlock or, you know, more specifically Masterpiece Rodimus Prime. And you think complicated stuff where nothing really quite locks together, right? And then tracks lock together okay, but he didn't have like a moment. Like, it, uh, at least a third of Ironhide's major motions are moments in and of themselves, the way that they end. Uh, and it's 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 like a huge... I think it's a huge win for Kobayashi's masterpiece work um, in that it's still... There's still an awkward kind... Like, you know, uh, Rod, like Masterpiece Rodimus Prime had that hole through his torso and Trax has that kind of floaty backpack and Ironhide has sort of his untucked shirt with his, his bumper on the front of his stomach. They all have that kind of weird-looking visual thing in robot mode, but Ironhide's ex- like like physical tactile experience is, is incredible. Uh, so it's it it yeah, that's all I'll say. Do you want to know what my problem with Kobayashi working on masterpieces? What? It every time somebody says his name, I start thinking of Star Trek. Are you waiting for the Maru? Yeah, yeah. And then like I want to make. I want to like shoehorn a joke in there that it's like, well, whatever Kobayashi designs is intended to not be winnable <laughs> or something. And I have to like bite my tongue because. <sighs> so my problem with hearing Kobayashi all the time is that there was a weekend I spent watching and reading way too much about Takeru Kobayashi, the professional speed eater. He's a Japanese competitive eater who eats lots of yeah. hot dogs really fast. So whenever I hear Kobayashi, that's who I immediately think of. And that's that's distracting when talking about toy engineering. <laughs> Just keep thinking about a guy eating 30 hot dogs in like 10 seconds or whatever. Uh, anyway, we're going to be talking a whole bunch about Masterpiece Ironhide for like the next two shows. So stay tuned for that because we're going to have actual discourse. Um, I also got Q Transformers Ironhide, and I don't mean to gush, Q Transformers Ironhide is the best Q Transformer release to date, and it's the first one that I feel mm. like really builds on the Q Transformers engineering ever since the cars. Mm. Mm, even better than the Hello Kitty. Yes, the, the Hello Kitty is the tractor trailer truck, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, the, so the tractor trailer truck is one that I found a little disappointing, and Ironhide feels like a second take at what it was trying to do. And he, he he basically does it, but he does it better in every single way. Uh, I was super... That was like my second... So I, I open up Masterpiece Ironhide, and I'm like, holy crap, this is a fun toy to play with. And then I open up Q-Transformers Ironhide, and I'm like, holy crap, this is the best Q-Transformer! So uh, I had a real good Ironhide week. Um, but yeah, if you've skipped that Ironhide Q-Transformer, 
him or Ratchet. You and if you care about Q Transformers, you have to get one of those two. They are like a game changer for Q Transformers. Like they take it up a level in a way that the jets and the tractor trailer trucks did not. Uh, those disappointed me by comparison. That's me slapping the arm on my chair to make the point punctuated. Um, that's about it for my Transformers games uh, this week. Uh, Seth, did you do, did you get a hold of anything off topic this week? Not unless you want to hear about the awful mobile game I've been playing. <laughs> Let's bump the gaming to the end as we have sort of started yeah. to do. Um, I had some stuff I wanted to talk about la- uh, that I got last week, but it's all more relevant to you. So I wanted to talk about it while you were on okay. here. Um, all my furniture is coming on Saturday. That furniture I bought like weeks ago. Yeah. That's coming on Saturday. Ooh, boy. That's going to be a fun okay. day. So you got a Marvel guy and you got a 3A thing. And I saw you uploaded a video about a half-size uh, Metal Gear. Yes. So I'm guessing that's your 3A thing. Yeah. I, well, I got uh, the two half-size Metal Gears. Um, so I got Rex and Ray. Uh and uh, I have Big Rex as well. Uh, Seth, I can't remember. Did you do the Big Rex thing, or did you just watch us do that? No way. All right. No way. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm no chump. I didn't think you did it. <laughs> um, so that half-size Rex, like, yeah, I, I put up a video for it. Um, and that half-size Rex, I would say is, as far as a toy, is a lot better than Big Rex. Big Rex is impressive and is, like, a, a video game prop replica but you can't really play with it because it's too big and too heavy. Um, trying to pose Big Rex will have you sweating nervous beads and you're going to just be wait- like you, you can play with them. You can pose them, but it's stressful uh, and it's somewhat physical labor. The half size one uh, removes like like uh, like more than half of the weight. And so it's the first time I've been able to play with a Rex uh, toy that's posable and actually engage with the two different ways that Rex's legs, like the two major orientations of, of Rex's legs. Uh, and that was really fun. And all the electronics on it are really well done. Then on the other side of the coin, and I never messed with big Metal Gear Ray, but Half Size Ray still feels kind of more like a, a display replica piece, like the big Rex does, because um, Ray's design does not really allow for it to stand at all. Um, the, the, it comes with a stand, but you kind of have to always have him on the stand. And the bummer of that is it has an ab crunch joint that doesn't work when it's attached to the stand. So there's a piece of articulation you can't really use when you are not holding it up yourself. Um, and there's a lot of, there's like four or five joints in the lower legs, including an ankle tilt, which had me convinced that there must be some way to actually stand that toy up if they spent all that money on all those parts, but I, I just I can't get it to work. So like, Ray, you know, is looks as good as Rex, but Rex has this bonus of being playable as well, uh, and also Ray's electronics are a lot less impressive because they're they're just two blue lights in the cockpit that you can hardly see when the cockpit isn't open, whereas Rex has like the big spotlights and the big like rail gun thing. Like, I feel like the value proposition on the Rex is way better. There's way more bang for your buck there uh, than on the Ray. Um, but I'm not... I, I, Ray also is a, a way more esoteric, weird-looking design. Um, but yeah, uh, those were the 3A things uh, that I was going to talk about. Oh, there's one other one. Seth, I got my first Tomorrow King. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, I mean, You've never had any Tomorrow King? I had the Hatchery Guard one. And I, okay, so it's not your first. It's my tomorrow. first six scale tomorrow king. 
Oh. And I only got it because it was so it was a couple months ago, and it was three AA only. It's when they put out that archer. Um, I got the death archer. So uh, he's got like a skull face, and he's all in black, and the little baby he's carrying around has a skull face too, which is kind of weird. But uh, I really liked the look of the toy, and it's one of the ones like this is the first three A thing I've got. I think I've got that ha- got hit with like legit three A delays. Um, aside from Ultron, whenever he actually arrives, then he'll be the longest I've waited. But it is really well made, uh, and has uh, like this like in like I think there's at least four layers to the to the costume by the time you finish with it. Uh, and it is pretty impressive. And then whatever the quote unquote new body they're using, like there's ratchets in the shoulders and stuff and feels really good. And uh, it's been a long time since 3A weathering has left like dehydrating ink on my fingers um, because <laughs> they weathered. The, he has this big like this huge black hooded cape you can put on him with a koi design on the back. And they weathered the cape and uh, a bunch of that weathering. There's a lot of excess that gets on your fingers. He's right out of the box, so I had to go wash my hands after I played with him. But I, I really dug him. I'm not going to get any other one six Tomorrow Kings. I just, I this guy, the Tomorrow King part is more happenstance. I just liked the idea of this like cool Japanese styled, uh, black garbed archer with a grenade belt and a baby. Um, so that that's my that that's my three Aing that I did. Um, I also got a Marvel Legends uh, Taskmaster and Seth. Yeah. So you know how I keep talking about how like. So I've not really bought any Marvel Legends for years other than, like, Carnage and Agent Venom. Uh And so I got this Taskmaster, and he comes with, like, part of... So he's from the Build-A-Figure wave for Red Skull Onslaught, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, And he comes with Red Skull's head. So the first thing... And he also comes with, like... So Taskmaster has two heads. He's got the white hood with the skull face, and then, like, the Udon head, um, which is, like, a bit more of a metallic face mask skull thing. So I tried to see if he could also have Red Skull for a head, but Red Skull's neck ball joint is a different size. Uh, it's too big, so it just sort of sits there. We just jam some <coughs> gum in there. Yeah, I, I, I should. I should go get some poster putty or just chew some gum. Yeah. Um, I recommend Hubba Bubba. All right, blow bubbles before I blow my mind. Uh... It's a really good figure, and I was like, wow, Marvel Legends are really cool. I see how these could be addictive. I went and read online. Apparently, Taskmaster, so I just, I got lucky. I picked the one that is, like, triple good because he also has, apparently, a brand new ankle design. So he's got, like, ankle rockers and hinges, but then that whole assembly is on its own side-to-side cut swivel that pegs up into into the shins. So hmm. you can like swivel his feet left and right and then tilt them and then hinge them. So there's like a slightly better range. Uh, and I, so I was like, all right, cool. I got like so like the one figure from the Captain America wave I wanted also is like one of the best Marvel Legends apparently in years. Um, and he comes like a shield with like a, a flip down peg to go on his back. He comes with a laser sword because sure. Uh, and I looked at, I looked him up. Apparently if you, if you put the, the like white hooded skull face on him, he's, uh, kind of a, a spitting image of Taskmaster as he appears in the current Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, people get him because of the Udon head, but I looked and it turns out he actually looks nothing like Udon's Taskmaster aside from the head. He just sort of vaguely resembles him, but he's totally the current cartoon Taskmaster who's voiced by Clancy Brown, which is kind of cool. I'll send you a picture of him. But yeah, that's my uh, my Marvel Legend toy I got. There's still 
I still want to get Spider Gwen and uh, the Venom from that same wave because that's like McFarlane Venom. Yeah. Um, but then I have those. I missed out. You on should those. also get Jack O' Lantern because he's crazy. I just I don't know who Jack O' Lantern is enough. Yeah, well, he's got a pumpkin head with fire coming out of it. I know, but that's that's the the small boundary I'm setting for myself. I want to not buy Marvel Legends who just look cool. I want to buy ones that really like look cool and then engage me in like some other way. Like I really like the Taskmaster as a character. Yeah, I've been looking at well, I was looking at this wave. And I don't know what's going on with Captain America with a werewolfy head or whatever he is. I don't know what furry Captain America is all about. Um, and I have so many Captain Americas. It's crazy. I think I heard something about this one using an actual magnet in his shield to attach it to his back. Well, that would be cool. But I didn't read um, too deeply into that, so I don't know if it was a mod or something. Then, like, so, uh, what? what's her name? Sharon Carter being in the wave just made me think, man, that would be cool if they did a Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Peggy Carter mm. um, from the TV television that would be cool why didn't they do that instead because this is just a lady in a jumpsuit um then like whirlwind is kind of like goofy cool i always loved his design but i don't know if i love it enough to actually buy a toy of it yeah and then just the build a figure does nothing for me like i've never i don't know anything about the onslaught character um but, like, the Mockingbird and the Taskmaster figures look kind of cool. I don't know who Mayhem is. He looks kind of neat. But I just decided, like, you know, if I see Taskmaster and or Mockingbird on a shelf, then I'll consider it. But for the most part, I just felt this was a skippable wave. Yeah, ta- Taskmaster is, as far as I've read um, from people who want the whole wave, he's, like, the possibly the star toy. Um, and, and, like... People are flipping out about his ankles. Uh, people who have been collecting Marvel Legends like regularly, so he's definitely like one of the ones. Um, I also with Marvel Legends, so I really like him, and I've been able to get some good poses out of him. But I, the thing that I, because I, I don't buy them often enough, that I kind of had to get used to is he, a lot of his joints have got these kind of detents to them. But then between the detents, there's kind of this weird, somewhat loose wiggle room. And it always messes with me when I try to get him into a bit of an, uh, a, a kind of a relaxed pose. And then I try to get, like, some dynamic curvature to his torso while he's looking relaxed. Then he always starts walk- wobbling between his hip detents and then falls over. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. I just, I never really thought that much about the detents. And so you started talking about it. And I reached over and I grabbed the, uh, one of the more recent ones, this, uh, Ghost Rider, and he just started moving his elbow up and down, and oh, sure enough, it's like blop, blop, blop. Yeah, it's, his hips seem a little solider though. That Ghost Rider, uh, I'm tempted by it, but I think I'm only tempted because like it was between me and Ryan Hoopla and uh, upstairs Ian, we kind of cleared out the local comic shop of all the desirable Marvel Legends. <laughs> That's his tagline, upstairs Ian. It's yeah, it's, it's one of his taglines because he's upstairs. Uh, he got he got the Spider Gwen, and then uh, Mister Hoopla got uh, the Venom and the Ghost Rider, and then I immediately was like, maybe I should get Ghost Rider as well because now I'm just annoyed that I didn't see what he looked like. But then I was like, this is how people start collecting toy lines in completionism is they see other people doing it, 
and they start buying the toys they see other people get entirely because they saw other people get them. So I was like, no, I don't need Ghost Rider. But I hear he's pretty Would it help pretty at all cool. if I told you Ghost Rider has an articulated jaw? God damn it. Right now I'm opening his jaw like he's laughing at you, going, <laughs> You don't have me. <laughs> I'm Ghost Rider. <laughs> That's like Ghost Rider's most famous line. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he rides up on his motorcycle. People look at him all horrified because he's a skull on fire. And he goes, I'm Ghost Rider. <laughs> they're like, man, that and voice isn't what I was expecting at all. At him. Um, so that's, that's my Marvel Legends story for now. I'm hoping I I want to find that Venom and Gwen, and then I want to, next time it's on sale, I might just go for that Hobgoblin wave with all the Spideys I want. Uh, like twenty ninety nine and Pizza Spidey. But then I, I then I'll probably be done. And, you know, I'll draw a nice solid close to the end of my Marvel Legends story. For now. Yeah, for now. It's terrible. Um... That, this, I got some other stuff, but I haven't really messed with it yet. Um, so I'll leave it all but alone if, for now. If you get the Ghost Rider and the Pizza Spidey, then you could actually put the pizza in Ghost Rider's mouth. That's a pretty good idea. It's very tempting. You just go upstairs and steal it. No, no, no. Uh, up, upstairs, Ian has Gwen, not the Ghost Rider. Oh, my bad. I can't keep track. Yeah. There's so many people. All these prefixes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the, the box that Ironhide came in had some other really cool stuff in it, but I pointedly wanted to not mess with any of it. I wanted to just sort of spend a day with Ironhide. And then I spent today with the first order stormtrooper fig arts toy, but, um, there's not much to say about him except that like, he's a really good toy, but I kind of wish he had more accessories for his price. But if you're wondering if the fig arts stormtrooper is better than the black series one, yes, it is more poseable and better designed, but like it should be because it costs almost three times as much as the Black Series one. Better be. Yeah, it's like, that's like when people are like, so is the $60 third-party toy as good as the $10 Legends version of the same character? And it's like, well, yes, it is, but, I mean, that's given. It should be better than the $10 one. Well, along with that Ironhide, I have those model kit R2-D2 and C-3PO. Ooh! So the R2-D2 kit that comes with BB-8, not... Not a the other R5 one. D4 self detonating astromech or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the the C3PO. So I'm gonna have to find my Gundam markers, I guess. I have a few of those. Yeah, that uh, that same R2 BB8 kit is in my pile of loot right now, and I only got it because I got the C3PO on sale, and then I feel really weird about not having the R2 to go with them. Yeah, and I I got the thinking like. Well, if I'm going to get this R2 to kind of take the place of the too small Hasbro R2, then I think I want to see 3PO that is going to match better as far as just, you know, the assembly and parts and detail and everything. Yeah. And then with the official C3PO that's coming, having the red arm, and you know he's not going to be vacuum chrome, like, that they're going to paint them like a gold paint like they did with phasma not being chrome chrome and then it's like ah i just better get this c3po because this c3po is going to be what i actually want yeah c3po to look like so i think it's super weird that they're starting off with red arm c3po that seems especially when they did such a big announcement about it we're like yes we're finally making c3po and i was like i mean that's 
<laughs> That's the wrong well, one. <laughs> I don't know why you just don't throw another arm in there as an accessory. I I would bet a nickel that that's actually what's going to be the case because otherwise that doesn't make any sense to me it's zero sense senseless even um i still haven't built any of those star wars kits i need to do that but that's about it for my toy what we got so uh let's share some media before we close this up seth tell me about about your horrible mobile game so i started playing speaking of star wars oh no um it's called Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. All right. So it's like one of those freemium game things. So you can play it and not pay any money whatsoever. But man, they dangle these little carrots in front of your dumb face the whole time. Like, hey, you know, you could just buy this instead. I forgot freemium and, is a word. Yeah. I'm sorry. I reminded you. <laughs> so so in the game, you that there's like a whole bunch of characters from... from uh, the the original trilogy the prequels a bunch of force awakens characters there's some characters from the clone wars cartoon like ahsoka and fives the the clone trooper and uh uh, asura's ventress is in there um some of the characters that are in different like chunks of star wars like count dooku is a little more Clone Wars looking than he is prequel looking, mm-hmm. just in his basic design. Uh, then um, HK forty seven from the original Knights mm. of the Old Republic is in there. Yeah, he's the only Knights of the Old Republic character in there. I mean, and I like him, but that's... I think the only really EU character. Well, I mean, there's some like there's a name Sand person that was from some comic book and a name Jawa from something else. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah, like, the only Knights of the Old Republic character is HK-47. Like, I, I like him a lot, but I always feel weird when he's the only thing that shows up in something from that from that game, because he's, like, it's like the Deadpool syndrome of, like, yeah. everyone loves HK. And I'm like, well, I do, yeah, but I... He says meatbag. You're pandering to me, and I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know why they couldn't add other characters as they go. Uh, but so you, you get like, as you go through the, uh, the tutorials, there's five characters that everyone gets to start. Then the rest of the characters, you either get it random through card packs, which you could either slowly earn by playing the game or pay money for, uh, sinister bastards or, uh, or, you collect character shards by like beating levels and stuff. And then X number of character shards unlocks the character. So there's, there's different ways to get more characters. And I was kind of like looking up tips and stuff. And one of the first tips that I found, well, one of the first things I found that had tips was, was a post this guy wrote up. He goes, the number one thing to remember is this is not Pokemon. Do not try to catch them all. (laughs) You'll, it, you'll either, spend way too much money or spend way too much time trying to get all the characters just kind of focus on a few pick up more as you go these are some recommended characters that are that are particularly good blah 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 but like man the game has so many currencies in it it's crazy so you have one pool of points 
that let you play like your light side and dark side missions. So every time you play a level, it's X number of points. And then that regenerates. You earn one point every six minutes, uh, whether you're playing or not. So like you burn all your points and then go to bed and then you wake up and you have a bunch of more points. Um, then you have Cantina Battles, which is a different type of levels, levels to play. And uh, that has its own set of points. Then... Uh, the, the points you you use to earn the chromium packs, which are your best bet to get new characters, are like these purple crystals. And then there's like these ally points that let you buy the bronze packs, which you're less likely to get character stuff out of. Never buy the bronze packs. There's another currency to buy shipments. And then there's three different types of shipments, and they all have their own currencies. It's really nuts. And then, like, when you level up your characters, so you don't... Okay, so your player level goes up by playing, right? Yeah. And whatever your player level is, that's the level cap for your characters. So if your player level is 21, that's the highest you can level up your characters. But your characters don't level up by using them, right? You earn training droids, and the training, then you spend the training droids on your character, and depending on the quality of the training droid, that's how many experience points your character gets. This is like, it's like every every time you say something that is insidious, then there's like three in, little insidious things holding up the other insidious thing. Okay, well, it gets more insidious. All right. Because, okay, so I want to take my character from level 50 to 51. So I put two five-star training droids on them and about ten one-stars. And that gets me, like, right to, to my level. Because I don't want to use three five-star ones because that's more experience points than I need. So I use the one-star ones because they're worth less. So then that's how many training droids I need to get to the next level. But then I have to spend credits to actually level the character up which you earn from playing the game. <laughs> I had to squint for a second. I was trying to keep track of all that. Yeah. And there's there's so many so many layers and layers of things going on. And I would like try to explain to my girlfriend, she goes, "This sounds like too much. I don't care about this at all." And I'd say, "Yeah, you're that's probably for the best, but I'm going to keep playing." And then she would just see me playing constantly, and then next thing you know, she's downloaded it and she's just as hooked. But she's been better. Like, where I've actually had weakness and spent real money. Oh, no! Um, she so far has held off spending real money. So, <laughs> she's doing a little better. But, so you, so characters are light, light side or dark side. And when you play certain game modes, you could only use light side characters or you can only use dark side characters. And then other game modes, you can mix and match all you want. So for her light side characters, she only has five. So she's stuck with these five. Um, and one of them is an Ewok, and the Ewok is garbage. <laughs> so she's just constantly complaining about her Ewok. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, save up these points. Like, you could spend them on this character, and it's going to take you like a week, but eventually you'll be able to unlock that guy. Or you could just pay some money and get a big chrome pack and hope for a light side character. 
I don't know. I think she should stick to her guns and see how much she can squeeze out of the game without paying money. Yeah. There's a certain satisfaction. Like, I have, whenever I end up playing freemium games, I take, I make it like that's the game I'm playing is seeing how much I can squeeze out of it without paying it money. Well, download Star Wars Galaxies of Heroes and see how far it could get. I don't want to. I'd rather just hear about this, you know, as a spectator. Uh, did you at least get characters you wanted? Um, well, right now, like, when I'm not playing those light side, dark side specific um, matches, like my my main lineup, like my A-list squad of five, is Jedi Knight, Anakin Skywalker, or um, Asura Ventress. I, I switch between those two depending on the situation. Then uh, Luminara, who was one of the prequel Jedi. Yeah, I've seen her toy everywhere. Yeah, with the green skin and like the kind of headdress hat thing. Yeah. Jedi Counselor, which is one of the characters you get automatically at the beginning. He's just a generic Jedi, but he's a really good healer and you need those. Um, a Tusken Raider... And an IG-86. That's like my starting lineup right now. You should write a backstory for your Tusken Raider. Uh, there's a named Tux Tusken Raider in the game, and his name is ridiculous. You should make this the second named and one. I dare people to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, but then, like, I got Lobot recently, and I was like, hell yeah, Lobot! <laughs> and I started leveling him up, and Lobot is garbage. Oh. <laughs> Maybe he... His special... like So all the characters have like a leadership ability can unlock, or most of them do. Yeah. And all of Lobot's other abilities, besides his basic attack, are all droid-related. They're, they're all stuff that like buffs droid allies, but all the droids are dark side. So if you're playing a game mode that's light side characters only, Lobot is just worthless. Because his base attack isn't that good. Um, it's crazy. They they screwed up Lobot. Is there any is, well, is there any chance Lobot like kind of kind of clicks if you get him to like a really high level? I don't know. I got him at level fifty right now. Oh. Oh, and okay, so you can level up their level, right? That's a thing you could level up. Every character has a star rating. You level that up differently. Oh, good. So I have a three-star level 50 Lobot. <laughs> then their attacks and abilities can all be leveled up. Is, so is the star rating, like, the ranking, like, when you feed him other Lobots? Is there any Well, is, is when there you any earn feeding? more shards, when you earn more shards, then that levels up your character. Hmm. So, okay, let's say you already have Lobot. Of course I have Lobot. And then you buy a Chrome pack, or their Chromium packs. And you randomly get another Lobot. Then instead of having two Lobots, you get shards. And then when you get X number of shards, then your Lobot goes up a star rating. Okay. And then that changes your growth modifier, which is a multiplier to your base stats. And what's really nice is, okay, so when you level up normal, like your level, that increases your base stats. 
but it's not a situation where like in some games if you had a like a two-star character and then you get him up to like level 40 and then you get another star for him now your growth modifier is different you didn't miss out on your stats getting an increase it just recalculates your stats so it's like a retroactive increase yeah so at least you don't get screwed that way you just get screwed yeah, so all your level of your stars and your attacks and abilities all level up separately through different systems ah. <laughs> there's so many layers it's nuts well, but it's playable I, I mean I enjoy playing it <laughs> I hope you don't the have to fights are fun I hope you don't have to spend too much more uh, RMT on it it's real money transfer yeah. lingo from my MMO days yeah no I, I had a moment of weakness and then I've thought about it a couple other times and was like no 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 <laughs> and then I haven't but I was very impatient early on to get more characters is what it came down to mm-hmm and now I'm more patient on getting more characters, and I'm doing it in the not-spend-real-money ways. The long ways. Like, oh, man, I'm trying to unlock Emperor or Darcidius. He's not referred to as Emperor Palpatine. He's Darcidius. And, man, that takes a long time. I hope you can get your old man. He's savage, man. He's brutal in this game. Like, when you get him leveled up... His special attack um, is, is I'm going to say, area of effect, for lack of a better term. So you hit all the enemies on the other side. And then it also gives a damage over time. So they keep taking damage for a couple of rounds. And then his health goes up if one of his allies is killed. Which makes him frustrating to fight against sometimes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I talk about that game way more than I probably should have. Well, no, and I even informed everyone, you know, that they should just stay tuned for your updates and not feed money into the terrifying machine of the freemium phablet game. I threw yeah, both I... those words together, especially. Yeah, it's good. Well, Seth, um, yeah. I watched some wrestling. Okay. I torrented some wrestling. Ooh, is it uh did, did you watch the Royal Rumble? No, or I some Japanese stuff. My brother linked me to something saying, "Hey, have you ever heard of this?" And I was like, "Oh, I heard of that in passing before." Uh, I didn't even re- I didn't even read what he linked me to. I was like, "I should go and see what's going on with this." So, I went and watched the season 1 recap of Lucha Underground. Mhm. And then it was 8 minutes of me hearing all these things where I kept going, "Wait, sorry, what?" And then they, the, the Matt Stryker, who was doing the recap, would just move on into this other incredible thing. I'm like, I'm sorry, pardon me? So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I have to watch this. And so I was like, how do I legally watch this? And then after a fruitless search of saying, apparently, it's going to be on iTunes soon. I was like, all right, well, this isn't working. So I torrented the entire first season. Uh, I know some spoilers, but I'm watching from the beginning. And Seth, this is this is great. This is specifically what I want from from this this subgenre. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool because all, all of their backstage stuff is, is a carefully scripted drama 
and the whole thing has been written. They're not writing it as every week passes by. Yeah. It's it's incredible how different that is when they are still presenting a story, but they have actually scripted it out like a television show. And Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any of it because I don't get the El Rey network and I haven't gone through the hassle of trying to figure out how to acquire it. Yeah. Um but from what I've heard um about it and even like interviews with people involved, like in an interview with Vampiro I listened to, um their kind of mindset from the start was how do other wrestling companies present this sort of thing? Okay, we have to do it different than that. They do, and they and they they have to, and they do, and it's because uh, it's the the quote I saw someone uh, somewhere on the internet, and I was like, yes, exactly. It's like Chikara except with a budget, because I really like the idea of Chikara, where it's just like really silly and wacky, but they're they're completely straight facedly just going like, no, it's all real, and there's superpowers and time travel. It's all really happening, sure. Uh, this guy is going to make everyone in the ring act in slow motion for like five minutes. <laughs> We're just going to do this. I really like that. And then this is like this, the, the more self-serious version of that, but in like, not in bad ways. And like, like, it's, I, like I said, I caught some spoilers. I won't say them totally out loud, but this, this first season, there's some incredible stuff in that recap and then also in some clips people put up of just the backstage quote-unquote segments. Like one of the things that they talked about in the the couple of interviews I've heard with people involved was when they were casting um, for Dario Cueto. So he's an actor. He has nothing to do with wrestling before this. Like he's just a regular ass actor. And they really fell in love with the idea because he's Spanish. Like he's from Spain. He's not uh, South American or Mexican. Yeah. And, Apparently, and this might be a generalization, but the way these people who are involved with the show told it, Mexican people tend to hate Spanish people. So having a Spanish actor with a very Spanish Spanish accent and not a Mexican Spanish accent, Mm -hmm. um, they just figured, well, that's just going to make the fans hate them more. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of crazy. And so I guess with all... All those like vignette segments, all like all the acted segments, not the in-ring wrestling stuff. Um, all the wrestlers have to be able to do all those segments they're in in both Spanish and English. Oh man! So and it's like a very um, multinational uh, roster because of wrestlers. There, there are some times because I'm watching the English version, I guess. Because there, there, but there are times where characters are just speaking Spanish and they're subtitled. Okay. So I think they might. They Maybe might there's some cases where it doesn't work, but like I, I've heard a couple interviews with like the American wrestlers, yeah, saying like, "Oh yeah, I had to, I had to figure out how to say my lines in Spanish for the, for the Spanish version." Well, that's cool, because it's it's really like there's there's little things about it that like work for the pageantry of this whole silly thing in in a way that makes it feel fresh and interesting to yeah. me as a mature person who knows that it's all made up uh because like like chavo guerrero jr in his first appearance in episode one like he loses his his fight and then they do this backstage segment which is shot really well and all this like focus on him and like the sweat dripping down his nose and him like staring at the wall as dario cueto's like i brought you in here to make an example of this guy and you lost 
and you're 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 letting down your family name and he's like just sort of like ripping him down a little bit in his like cold evil spanish businessman way and then rather than so i was watching that and i was like over in vince mcmahon world this would be like shot with some guy carrying a camera on his shoulder that they're pretending isn't there and it would be a hard profile shot on the two of them staring at each other like all of their segments are always like and i wouldn't feel anything but now i'm watching this and i'm like wow i'm actually getting this very basic character insight into the character that this guy is portraying which has now four episodes in like turned into a minor story arc and it's really cool uh i'm enjoying it a lot and i think it's hilarious that there's a i've seen a vocal outspoken part of the feedback comment sections of pro wrestling fans who really hate lucha underground because it's not acting like it's real enough <laughs> and i'm like excuse me and like I'm reading these comments where like it's it's really stupid. They're not they're not even trying to pretend it's real. And I'm like, oh, I, in 2016, how is this a problem? Like, uh, <laughs> if anything, it's a better way to go because, like, WWE acknowledges way too much the the work of the situation and like not so much in the ring anymore, um, except for when you have. Kofi Kingston saying, yo, 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 uh, this isn't just my character. I actually like that. It's like, why did you say that? Don't do that. Um, but like in interviews and behind the scenes stuff, like there's all this network content where they're just like kind of tearing down the facade and just like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're, and we're people. And like, as I've heard Steve Austin say several times recently on his podcast, it's like, Okay, the cat's out of the bag. Everybody knows what's up. But you don't watch a TV show or a movie and sit there going, he's not really flying that spaceship. That's fake. Because pe the, the audience wants to believe. They want that suspension of disbelief. They know that it's not real, but present it as real and everyone will get into it. And so sometimes they, they're too acknowledged. And it sounds like what Lucha Underground is doing is they're not worried about it being silly, like having the dude's cage brother eat a guy. They're just making a TV show that has the way the good guys fight the bad guys is in a wrestling ring. Yeah, and and it, it astonishes me that there is a, a segment that's like, I, I don't like how silly this is. It should act more like it's real. It's not like it's not grounded like like what i like to watch and i'm like what you like to watch has the undertaker in it <laughs> and the wyatt family I, yeah the wyatt family too but specifically the undertaker everyone loves the undertaker and i'm like he's a teleporting zombie like you you can't tell me that lucha underground is too silly for you <laughs> when you have a teleporting old zombie who shows up once a year uh so i really like lucha underground that's all i had to say i just wanted to share that with you on the air here and and for who's it lumpy it's lumpy our our one other guy who likes it when we talk about this uh, uh there's a couple that that are into it lumpy is one of the uh the the top well then y'all baby faces the three of you should go and watch lucha underground it's it's really cool and like the one other thing i'll say is like there's a character who's a real breakout character in the show pentagon jr and in season two he's like it looks like he's becoming maybe a good guy, but the way the show is portraying it is he's not becoming a good guy. He just wants what a bigger bad guy has. 
So the show doesn't, the show's not making these arbitrary, all the good guys get along, all the bad guys get along scenario. Okay. I heard a complete breakdown of the Pentagon Jr. story. Oh, man! And I'm not going did, to, so did you watch it all? No, I haven't watched it yet. I saw, I just saw the, uh, the very, like the two minute synopsis in the, in the season one recap. Oh, so you probably know about stuff. I know about some stuff. And I, during that recap, the first half of it, when there was a guy saying, I'll come back for one last match, I was like, oh, please don't. You don't, you're like my oh, least. that's Vampira. Yeah, he's my least favorite part of this whole thing so far. Uh, but then the payoff, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool as a storyline thing. I'm so pleased with this thing. I, <laughs> I, I didn't think I would want to watch more than like the backstage bits for like about an hour but like i'm like no i'm going to go through season one of this like an actual tv show so i'm, I'm i wanted to share that on here uh and uh, that's also that's all i got to say um hopefully by this point if you really didn't want to listen to that you tuned out because if not then like you only have yourself to blame sorry <laughs> uh this thread's gonna be magical but seth <laughs> thanks for joining me on another podcast well- uh, I forgot about a thing that I got this week. Oh, geez. Okay, Easter egg. So I I dropped a link in, in the... Uh, and and I, I don't know how long this will take us to go over. Oh, no so worries. I dropped the link in the, the Skype thing. If you didn't see it when yeah, I tweeted I, it a couple of days ago. I saw these. These are badass. Yeah, I was actually so, really jealous that you got the Vader one. Yeah, so there was a very small... Well, you could... I mean, the guy sells them online. Yeah, I know. So. But it's, it's, buying it in person is <laughs> like a different thing. Yeah. So here in Petaluma, there was a small one-day Comic-Con and uh, the the same little community center that it was in hosts an annual um, like craft fair. And my girlfriend's really into craft fair things. So I've gone to the last three of these craft fairs with her and every year it's becoming more dwindled down and depressing. The booze are a little farther apart. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of fill up the space and oh god it's getting awful we walk into this thing and it was just jam-packed with people jam-packed with vendors um artists it was crazy um as far as the vendors went it was a lot of like local comic book stores and nobody seemed to have that much product with them and there's very little in the way of like toys and I'm not really actively buying paper comics. And, like, the one dealer that had toys, it was all kind of stuff that I didn't really care about. Like, tons of pop vinyl. Woo! <laughs> no one actually brought it. It just sort of appeared when we started the show. Yeah, but probably the biggest section of of the show was, like, the Artist Alley section, which had lots of people. There were some people that were, like, selling their... Uh, their self-published comics, which was like kind of rad that that is even a thing. Um, like just people who went, I, I made this comic myself and had it printed and here it is. Um, there were like just some kids selling their sketches, which, you know, Hey, good for these kids. They got a little table and they're trying to sell stuff. Um, one kid had drawn what I, thought was kind of funny it was a pikachu but like emo pikachu <laughs> so he had like the emo hair coming down over one eye <laughs> i'm like ah that's that's great the emo pikachu is like oh you can buy it i'm like no nah, i don't like it that much <laughs> just pencil on binder paper um then there were like some adults selling art that was really kind of like 
okay, well, you're trying. <laughs> and then a few people were, like, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So this guy, oh, and, like, probably the biggest name they had there was um, the creator of Sam and Max. Right, right. At I the table. don't remember his name. Uh, Steve Parcell. Hmm. I hope I'm not screwing that up because I'm kind of going off not much yeah. sleep. Um, anyway, so he had a table. He was selling some T-shirts and stuff. And uh, and he lives in town, so it's kind of cool that he lives around here. But anyway, um, so this this dude was selling prints, and he was also selling the originals of watercolor paintings that he had done. And so they they were really neat. And the, the prints, um, like if, if you go to his website, the prints are a lot, or they're a lot more vibrant and colorful in person than it looks like on his website. Um, so he had loads of them, like lots and lots of different characters he had done. And you could kind of like, start to like when you look at like his whole gallery you could kind of like start putting them in order that he likely did them in because <laughs> some of them are aren't very good um and then you can see where he gets a little more kind of abstract with stuff and those are the ones that drew my attention the most so he was selling them for six dollars a piece or four for 20 and there were three i definitely wanted and then like my girlfriend and i kind of settled on a fourth one Mm. so we got a darth vader stormtrooper boba fett and loki from the marvel movies yeah and then we immediately went to uh, the michael's craft store and bought a four package like inexpensive frames Oh, you got to make sure those frames don't got acid in them or something. Uh-oh. No, they might. They were pretty cheap. Ah. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll hang them up. But they're kind of neat. I dig them. Um, yeah, it was really then, striking. Like, he, he has some on his website that I didn't see there. Like, he had a Furiosa. That, that's not terrible looking. His his Morton Joe is more interesting looking. Um, like, like I think where he falls down is when he tries to do, um, faces with expressions. Mm-hmm. Like the Loki is really kind of like a solemn face, like shadowed eyes and which I think looks fine. But like some of his more expressive faces aren't that great. And let's see, I'm trying to find where. I want to throw out the dude's website because now I've mentioned it so many times. I just want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's uh, Levi Craig dot com. L E V I C R A I G dot com. If you want to check it out, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. But just once I talked about it, if people want to go and look. There it is. Yeah, it's it's really cool style. Like I like I said, it was really striking when I saw it pop up on Twitter. Yeah, and like the the Vader one is the most kind of like boom, <laughs> kind of crazy looking. Yeah, and the the stormtrooper, um, uh, what was it? Dark Empire, a miniseries, Star Wars miniseries that a uh, Dark Horse Comics did. Um, 
the the stormtrooper kind of reminds me of that art style but i don't think he was trying to emulate that art style i think it just worked out that way yeah um so yeah they were cool and i usually don't buy art um at conventions and stuff but i mean just the colors and the the interesting style of it all um really drew my attention and it's a nice thing yeah. to do right before you also lay in all the new furniture like you know spruces up spruces up the look of the uh of the room and you can base the furniture placement on it the feng shui yeah so far i was told the only place downstairs i could hang them right now is in the bathroom uh, it was a really intense bathroom <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually they're gonna have to go upstairs <laughs> they're not going to be in the downstairs living room area apparently <laughs> You just make a little house out of them in the downstairs living room area. <laughs> I guess we're only supposed to hang real art. I'm like, well, I want them where people can see them at least for a while. And so, well, you can put them in the bathroom. I'm like, fine. <laughs> put all four of them in the bathroom. One yeah, on each yeah, wall. That's where they're going to go. Two on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I have to get more. Yeah. To go over to LeviCraig.com. That's more. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. So uh, thanks for joining me, Seth. When next we talk, I think Toy Fair will have happened. I think. I'm gonna go check that. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have uh, hopefully a bunch of uh, Toy Fair stuff to talk about. Um, I'm hoping it won't be too sparse. That would be a bummer. Because they usually have fun with that stuff. Yeah, February 13 to 16. That's coming up next week. Um, so stay tuned for that, everybody. And uh, stay tuned for that, Seth. <laughs> We're going to have to go through a whole big wall of links. It'll be great. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Yeah! Uh... So until then, let the groans ring true. And uh, stay tuned. We'll talk to you again later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Add all that up. I don't know what the f it means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay. <laughs>